0: Notable Nobels, a podcast about the Nobel Prizes in Physiology or Medicine. My name is Harrison Doolin. I am a PhD candidate at the University of California, Riverside, and I will be your host for this web series. The purpose of this series is to trace key advancements made in the biological and medical sciences over the past 120 years or so, and we're using the Nobel Prizes in Physiology or Medicine as a guide. The Nobel Prize is the most prestigious award a scientist can receive, and it marks discoveries that have made a profound impact on our understanding of human biology and ability to treat diseases. Today, we will be examining the 1903 Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine, which was awarded to Niels ryberg Finsen. The Nobel Assembly at the Karolinska Institute chose to give Finsen the award, quote, in recognition of his contribution to the treatment of diseases, especially lupus vulgaris, with concentrated light radiation, whereby he has opened a new avenue for medical science." Unquote. We'll be going over Finson's use of phototherapy to cure skin infections, we'll ask whether or not UV light can be used to fight coronavirus, and lastly we'll go over a cool type of light therapy used in treating cancer. But first, a little bit of background on Finson. Niels Ryberg Finson was born in 1860 in the town of Torshavn in the Faroe Islands, located about halfway between Iceland and Norway. At the time, the islands were a Danish colony, and Finson's father served as governor of the territory. I honestly had no idea these islands existed until I started researching this episode, and I don't know how I would have discovered them otherwise. The islands are about half the size of the state of Rhode Island, and have a population of only 50,000 people. However, since Vinson won the Nobel Prize, they can say they have the highest number of Nobel Prize winners per person of any country. (laughs) Vinson grew up on the islands, but went to Denmark for high school. He did very poorly as a student in Denmark, and after two years he transferred to a school in Iceland. While he fared far better at the new school, he still finished in the bottom third of his graduating class, though he did well in math and science. Although his grades were overall poor, he was able to attend medical school at the prestigious University of Copenhagen. The Danish government had put in a policy similar to the affirmative action policies in the United States nowadays. Basically, the policy prioritized admission to the university to students from the Danish colonies, and it had been put in place to integrate colonial students with Denmark's educated class. The policy allowed Finson to join the university, where he completed his medical degree in 1890. Finson was more interested in science than medical practice, so he stayed at the university, where he taught courses in anatomy, And eventually he was able to open his own research institute which would focus on his main research subject phototherapy using light to treat disease finson's research into the health benefits of light started from his observations on his own body finson was sickly most of his adult life he suffered from heart and liver problems though we don't know for sure what disease he had It was serious enough to land him in a wheelchair when he was only in his 40s, and his sickness caused him to miss the awards ceremony for his Nobel Prize. Vincent noticed that he would often feel better after sunbathing, something that was not easy to do living in the North Atlantic, but he wasn't the only one to make this connection. Many Europeans suspected sunlight had beneficial properties. If doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with a person, As a last resort, they would tell them to spend a few months in the tropics. Vincent also saw the way many animals would sunbathe, and he wondered if there was a biological benefit to sunlight. He wanted to show experimentally that light could be used to treat diseases, so he focused his attention on diseases of the skin, as the skin is obviously the organ most directly affected by sunlight. He was particularly interested in infectious diseases, and he was most successful in treating lupus vulgaris. So what's lupus vulgaris? Lupus vulgaris is a bacterial skin infection caused by Mycobacterium tuberculosis, the same bacteria that can infect the lungs and cause tuberculosis. But when most people in America today say lupus, they are not talking about lupus vulgaris, they are usually talking about systemic lupus erythematosus, or SLE, which is not a bacterial disease, but an autoimmune disease. So just to be clear, when I say lupus vulgaris, I'm talking about a bacterial infection of the skin. And this infection can be pretty gruesome. It can cause these huge lesions to form on the skin, and most of the lesions are on the face and the neck, so the disease can be very disfiguring. Now, Finson lived in a time when the germ theory of disease was breaking out, pun intended. The germ theory of disease states that microorganisms are causative agents of disease. In other words, germs cause disease. One of the biggest supporters of the germ theory of disease was Robert Koch, who won the 1905 Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine for his work on tuberculosis. In 1882, Koch identified Mycobacterium tuberculosis as the bacterium that causes tuberculosis, and it was quickly shown that Lupus vulgaris was caused by the same bacteria. Tuberculosis was a major killer back in Finson's day. When the bacteria invaded the lungs, it would lead to a deadly pneumonia, was easily spread from one person to another. Not everyone who got tuberculosis would develop lupus, in fact it was less than 0.1%, but with millions of cases of tuberculosis occurring each year, that still led to thousands of new cases of lupus vulgaris. Now Koch's identification of the bacteria that causes tuberculosis, and lupus vulgaris, was a huge finding because it gave scientists a target for stopping the disease. If you stopped the bacteria, you could stop the disease. But how to stop the bacteria? That was a much more difficult question. One option for people with lupus was surgery. You could cut away the infected skin and take the bacteria out with it. But that was a very disfiguring process. People were keen to find another, less drastic way of treating the disease and getting rid of the bacteria. Now, some progress had been made in discovering how to kill bacteria. Louis Pasteur in France had shown in the 1860s that heating wine and beer could kill unwanted microbes to prevent the drinks from going bad. Other scientists had shown that a range of harsh chemicals like sulfuric acid could kill bacteria. These techniques were extremely useful at disinfecting things like glassware and surgical equipment. But the problem was you couldn't use them on a person. If you try to cure a person's strep throat by having them drink boiling water, they will get burned and you will only make things worse. Same thing if you try sulfuric acid. So as scientists began to look for ways to treat people suffering from bacterial infections, they had to find something that would eliminate the bacteria while also not doing excessive harm to the patient. The cure could not be worse than the disease. So when Vincent set out to try his phototherapy to treat bacterial disease, he had to address two questions. Was it safe? And would it work? The question, is light safe, is not so straightforward as a yes or a no, because it depends on what kind of light you're talking about and how much light you're talking about. Light exists at different wavelengths. Humans can see light that exists only at special wavelengths, what we call the visible light spectrum. But there are other invisible wavelengths of light that exist above and below the visible spectrum. Longer wavelengths of light have less energy than shorter wavelengths of light, and ultraviolet light has wavelengths shorter than light in the visible spectrum. About 10% of light emitted from the sun is made up of ultraviolet or UV light while most of the longer wavelengths of light are no problem to humans, shorter UV light damages skin and causes things like sunburn. However, the amount of UV light one gets makes a difference. Short exposure to sunlight is less likely to result in sunburn. Vincent didn't want to hurt people with his light therapy, but he reasoned it was safe enough to try out. However, there was still the question of whether treating patients with light would be effective. There was already some evidence to suggest that light could be used to kill bacteria. Two British scientists named Blunt and Downs published a paper in 1877 showing light could inhibit the growth of bacteria. They took a mixture of bacteria and added the microbes to sterile flasks, They then covered some of the flasks with a sheet of lead while leaving the other flasks uncovered. They then left the flasks out in the sun and checked to see if the bacteria would grow. They saw that the bacteria grew much better when the sun was blocked by the lead. They then filtered the light and tested different wavelengths to determine which wavelength of light inhibited the growth of the bacteria, and they found the bacteria were mainly inhibited by UV light. This was an interesting find, but it didn't necessarily apply to all bacteria or all microbes. But Vincent found the results encouraging, and so in the 1890s, he began experimenting with UV light to treat different skin conditions. First, he needed a way to collect and concentrate the light so he could direct it onto a person's skin. He developed a series of lenses and filters to concentrate different wavelengths of sunlight for use in his experiments. His first test of using ultraviolet light was with smallpox patients. Smallpox was a viral disease, but like lupus vulgaris, it affected the skin, giving rise to horrible skin lesions that eventually would form scabs and scar tissue that marked a person for life. Vincent tested whether ultraviolet light might help alleviate the suffering of people with smallpox. Unfortunately for him though, the ultraviolet light actually made the smallpox worse. This is one of those classic examples in science where a good idea turns out to be wrong, but Vincent was not deterred. He decided to try the ultraviolet light again, this time on patients suffering from lupus vulgaris. This time, the UV light greatly improved the condition of patients suffering from the disease, and after a few rounds of treatment, patients were cured. Excited, Vincent expanded his ability to treat patients and continue his research by founding the Finson Medical Lighting Institute in Copenhagen. He would go on to treat hundreds of patients with phototherapy, and the results were very impressive. Out of 800 patients, 56% were completely cured and another 26% had a good response to the treatment. He published his initial results in 1895, and word of his discoveries spread. The Nobel Committee at the Karolinska Institute noted his achievements, and in 1903, Vinson was the third recipient of the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine. Personally, I found it very encouraging and humbling to read that a guy like Vincent, who had done so poorly in school and who was confined to a wheelchair, was nevertheless able to win the highest prize a scientist can receive. Hopefully you find that encouraging as well. Vincent's discovery is kind of neglected among the other Nobel Prize stories because we don't use his phototherapy technique nowadays to treat infectious disease. However, his discovery was special in his time because it came before antibiotics. The germ theory of disease was gaining ground at the end of the 19th century. Scientists were discovering bacteria were the cause of numerous human diseases. However, the discovery of bacteria was far outpacing the ability of scientists to treat infected patients. When Vincent began his research, there were very few options available for curing infectious diseases. So his phototherapy was a useful tool considering when it was developed. Now, even though UV light is not the best tool for curing infectious diseases, it does have some other useful properties. UV light works as a disinfectant, killing bacteria and viruses on countertops and other surfaces, and it has been clearly shown that it can destroy coronaviruses. On a personal note, I use UV light all the time in the lab where I work. We use biosafety hoods when working with live viruses, And after we finish with the hood, we turn on a UV light for 30 minutes. as sort of a quick, easy way to kill any remaining viruses. UV light has also emerged as an important tool for combating coronaviruses during the current pandemic. One of the cooler inventions to come out of the pandemic are these UV robots that can douse a hospital room or an airplane cabin with lots of UV light to help disinfect surfaces and slow the spread of the virus. Pretty cool stuff. But how does UV light kill germs? Well, one property of UV light is that it damages DNA and RNA. Bacteria encode their genes in DNA genomes, and viruses encode their genes in either DNA or RNA genomes. These genomes are like the blueprint of the microbe. They contain all the information for the microbe to function and to replicate. DNA and RNA are really good at absorbing UV light, and when they do, it usually damages the molecules. This damage can cause mutations that prevent genes from functioning properly, which prevents viruses and bacteria from replicating. That property makes UV light a very useful tool. One might even wonder why we would stop with just using it on surfaces, either the surface of our skin or other surfaces. American listeners will recall a certain infamous politician speculating, quote, supposing you brought the light inside the body, unquote, as a way of treating COVID-19. Well, interestingly, Finson himself wondered if his light therapy could be used to treat tuberculosis patients suffering pneumonia. However, the benefits of phototherapy are, literally, only skin deep. The light cannot penetrate the skin to reach the lungs. Additionally, there is a danger to using UV light as therapy. You see, bacteria and viruses aren't the only organisms that have DNA genomes. Human cells have them, too. So, too much UV light can damage DNA inside our own cells, which can cause mutations, the most well-known consequence of which is skin cancer. And it's possible Finson may have inadvertently increased the risk of his patients for developing skin cancer, though nobody knows for sure. So, in the continuing fight against COVID, UV light will be used strictly as a disinfectant to avoid giving people skin cancer, and we will continue to rely on vaccines as the best weapon for combating the virus inside the human body. That being said, there are some other really cool medical uses for light that are being explored. One such treatment is called photodynamic therapy for treating certain types of cancer. Remember how we just mentioned that DNA is very good at absorbing UV light? Well, other molecules called photosensitizers are good at absorbing other wavelengths of light. Some photosensitizers have the tendency to be taken up by cancer cells more than regular cells. One such molecule is an FDA-approved drug called photofrin. Photofrin is good at getting inside cancer cells and is also good at absorbing red light. When photofrin absorbs red light, it produces reactive oxygen species that kill the cancer cell. However, photofrin is harmless in the absence of the red light. This means the cell-killing effect of photofrin can be controlled by only shining the red light on the tumor. So use of the drug proceeds in two steps. First, the drug is injected. Then the red light is directed at the tumor cells. The light is absorbed by the drug, which then kills the tumor. Cool. I like to think of the red light as... Um, kind of like an Order 66 from Star Wars where all at once the clones get the order to take out the Jedi. The photofrin molecules are kind of like the clones. The molecules get inside the cancer cells and they bide their time and then boom they get Order 66 aka the red light and they blow up the cancer cells. Hopefully that analogy is useful to some of you. <laughs> but one catch red light can only pass through about 1 centimeter of tissue before it stops, so right now this therapy is limited to tumors that sit on the skin or the surface of internal organs or cavities of the body. But researchers are continuing to look for ways to expand photodynamic therapy to more types of tumors. So that concludes this 8th episode of Notable Nobels. This episode was recorded on March 30th, 2021. I want to thank Digital Mind Productions for providing the music. Next time on Notable Nobels, we will finally be talking about one of the greatest discoveries in the history of medicine. This discovery was so awesome that it put many other practices out of use, including Vincent's phototherapy. That discovery was antibiotics. Antibiotics are so amazing, they have been honored with not just one, but three Nobel prizes to date. And the next three episodes of this podcast will cover those three Nobel Prizes. So next time on Notable Nobels, part one of Antibiotics, and it will feature a class of drugs I was delighted to see was featured on an anime I am currently watching. What was that drug? And just as importantly, what was that anime? Well, tune in next time to find out. Thanks so much for listening. See you then.